Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, let's just level set the Sean Payton situation right now. Payton is one of the top candidates to become the Texans' next head coach. They interviewed him on Monday on Zoom. Here's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network laying out Sean Payton's schedule for the week. His second interview this week, Houston Texans were on Monday, Denver Broncos in Los Angeles for multiple hours uh, that happened yesterday. Then he's got the Carolina Panthers in New York with owner Dave Tepper later this week. And as of right now, that is it for Sean Payton, Mike. And the Arizona Cardinals also have a request in. They've received permission. All of these teams, the teams are willing to meet the Saints asking price, which is a first rounder and likely more. So they are in business and they are ready to do the deal if they, in fact, end up doing the deal. And really... Uh, for Sean Payton, I think there's a couple things. One, uh, all of these teams represent interesting and different opportunities. So it's really a matter of him deciding what he wants. Russell Wilson in Denver, obviously. Houston Texans do not have a quarterback. Will likely be picking one at number two. Carolina Panthers also do not have a quarterback. Does he want an established one? Does he want to help pick his own? Where does the cap space land? Some teams have general managers, like, say, the Denver Broncos. Some teams uh, also, also Houston Texans, of course. Uh, and, and look, there's varying degrees of would he get final say, would he not? A lot here at stake for Sean Payton and a lot of decisions to be made. I think it's interesting. The, the part there, there are a few things in there. We're going to get to Cowherd here in just a second and some of the things that he had to say about the conversations he and Payton had over dinner a couple nights ago. Um, but the, he, he went, of all the opportunities that Payton is looking at right now, Cowherd went the deep, or I'm sorry, Rappaport went the deepest on Denver right there. You know, they met multiple hours in L.A., talked about Russell Wilson. I do think that's an interesting contrast for Peyton. That's a, that's a serious distinction from Denver, and I'll throw Arizona in there too, just because they've already got their, quarter, their quarterback, who I think people feel like needs to be developed in some way. Yeah. It, it is interesting because Carolina and Houston really are on one side of the fence and Denver and Arizona on the other side, where on the Denver-Arizona side – you're being asked to sprinkle some of your Drew Brees dust on these quarterbacks and try to get them playing well again. Yeah. Whereas in Houston, and I would say Carolina as well, Houston's better positioned to get a quarterback, but you're in all likelihood going to be developing a young quarterback in both those places. Yeah, and I wonder there too, okay, so do you want as clean a slate as possible? Do you want a rehab project? Because I think that the rehab project has its positives and negatives. 
I think a rehab project in Kyler Murray, at the very least, if you rehab him and bring him along, then then you've got a long stretch of competitiveness ahead of you. With Russell Wilson, it's a little less clear. If you if you get Russell Wilson playing like he was in Seattle, it's still not all that clear that that's even all that good. And for how much longer will he have it as he gets older and older? So the the Denver the Denver situation seems like it's just rife with so many pitfalls that with Arizona, I think he could t- he could come in within a year or two say, well, Kyler Murray's not my issue anyway. I, I tried my best, but we got to move on. So. It really comes down to what he really thinks of Kyler Murray. With the Panthers and the Texans both, he has a situation where he's got a a, a clean slate. The Texans have more draft capital. I think both owners are very willing to spend. And they both are weak divisions right now. With a lot of it. I mean, the Jaguars, of the eight teams in the NFC South and AFC South, there's really only one quarterback out of those eight teams that has a big upside, right? And that's Trevor Lawrence. And that's still, you know, to actually be a competitive team with your good quarterback or a dominant team is a whole other story. They haven't proven that yet. So I think those two make the most sense. I think it comes down to the Panthers and the Texans. Mm-hmm. He's meeting with the Panthers on Friday, Thursday or fr- Friday, I believe, in New York with Dave Tepper, the uh, the owner, the billionaire hedge fund manager. Um so that's um, that was Ian Rappaport laying things out. Before we get to Cowherd, here was Saints beat writer Nick Underhill. Very quick cut on what he's hearing about the meeting between Sean Payton and the Houston Texans over Zoom. I heard that the, the meeting with Houston last night went really well. Um, both sides were impressed with one another. I think that's probably going to be the feeling coming out of a lot of these. All right, both sides were impressed with one another. There's a quick cut, but the, yeah. that's so that's Nick Underhill. Jeff Duncan, who is a sports columnist in New Orleans, said that um that said this, the interviews with the Texans and the Broncos went well, according to sources. Has a lot of things to say about Denver, but he says that Peyton is comfortable with the Houston Brain Trust, likes the draft capital, salary cap room, wide open playing field he'd have to rebuild the Texans. These are all really good things being reported by people who are close to the New Orleans Saints and presumably Sean Payton. And then comes Colin Cowherd yesterday, swinging in on a chandelier like a pirate, ruining all of our hopes and dreams, possibly. Um, Take a listen to this. This is the cut that was making the rounds yesterday. Colin Cowherd, who led into this by saying that he and Sean Payton were out for several hours eating and drinking the night before and Payton regaling him with stories of his time in the NFL. Cowherd had this to say about the importance of ownership in the NFL. There's a lot of bad owners out there. That sometimes they inherited money uh, from a family. A lot of times they don't even like the sport. Uh, somebody dies in the family, they're left with it. Um, but the gap, I can tell you this, um, the gap, listening to stories last night, between the haves and the have-nots in this league is not just quarterbacks or coaches. It is ownership. Even on Zoom calls, you can spot the dysfunction. Zoom calls. Not even being in the room you can see why certain teams lose. Okay, so that that was we were fine until the Zoom call part. Yeah, yeah the Zoom call <laughs> is a smoking gun that goes right back to the text. They can be talking text. about anybody. Oh wait, the Zoom call. That's um, like, <laughs> that's like saying 
That's like telling uh, telling somebody that in the mafia that their secret your secret is safe with me. I'll never tell them your name. I will tell them that you are a five foot seven Italian American uh, with with an eye patch. But I'll say no more than that. Right. Your secret, boom, and then you capped. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's if there's worth- any part of Sean Payton that wanted that information to remain secret uh, or off record, yeah, yeah, I feel like uh, Coward didn't do a very good job of protecting his source. No, one. no. <laughs> I mean, we should point out the Texans are reportedly, reportedly the only team he's met with over Zoom. So the, yeah. the connecting the dots there that yeah. a lot of people are doing. Now, we talked about this cut a little earlier in the show, and I thought it, it, the easy thing off of that cut is to go, well, the Texans are incompetent and they're not getting Sean Payton and all these things. That's the yeah. easy take to have. Um, but I thought you you laid out some good things earlier about how these things can get kind of conflated and twisted when there's alcohol and storytelling <laughs> and all those things and you know and then Colin Cowherd goes and gives you a thirty second soundbite that's possibly summing up a mashup of three different stories. Uh, yeah, and um, I think that I, I think what could have easily happened here is hopefully what happened was that. Over that Zoom call that Cal and Hannah McNair and perhaps Nick Casario just flat out opened up about what had been going on the last two or three years and acknowledged dysfunction. And in the telling of that story, I could very easily see Colin Coward is a member of the national media that likes to just try to kind of lump the whole Houston situation into one big mash a mishmash of awfulness that that he heard what Colin Coward may have heard was oh yeah Houston it's been a dysfunctional mess and uh that's what, even the owners you could tell talking to him okay if if Cal and Hannah McNair just flat out openly said hey hey this is what was going on this is what was bad I'd be cool with that and that's what I'm hoping is is what happened yeah if if Sean Payton felt that way and it was because he genuinely got a bad impression currently of those guys, then I would be worried not because I'm so enamored of snack bar Peyton. Uh, I don't I don't care if it's Peyton necessarily, but it would buy it would concern me that other candidates might feel the same way. Yeah, they got an interview with D'Amico Ryan's tomorrow. You know, yeah. like that's you know that, that's yeah that would be that would be concerning for sure. So um, the other thing, you know, it, it, he went on. Coward went on to talk more about the various ownership groups and how some like Dan Snyder are known as uh, atrocious ownership groups where others like the Patriots are known as great ownership groups. And, and he brought up the chiefs, which I thought was interesting. Here's what he had to say about the chiefs. Andy Reed had many suitors when he left Philadelphia quarterback situation. Wasn't ideal. The chiefs momentum and culture, maybe not. He chose the hunt family over several other suitors. The hunts are known the, the Kansas City Chiefs alumni, players alumni, nobody treats their players in the NFL, their former players, better than the Chiefs. It's understood in the league. Okay, now this is that part was very interesting to me because the Hunt family, in some respects, mirrors the Texans in how the ownership progressed. Lamar Hunt passed away, and, and he was the original owner, passed away in 2006 or seven. And Clark Hunt eventually, of the, of the siblings of his children and his family, Clark Hunt uh, ended up taking control. He became the CEO in 2010. So from 2007 to 2010, the Chiefs went 
four and twelve, two and fourteen, four and twelve. They were a mess of a situation. Uh, they, you know, it was Herm Edwards followed by Todd Haley, and I don't think people thought of the Chiefs at that point as one of the best organizations in football and one that was just head and shoulders above the rest. There was, and I remember talking to Jamie Roots about this, the former Texans president, because Jamie Roots had been working for the soccer team there that the Hunt family owns. Mm-hmm. And to the way, I don't want to pull a Colin Coward here and like relay stories that Jamie told me over dinner, um, <laughs> with per, uh, perhaps inaccurately, but there wasn't, it wasn't so simple. It wasn't so simple that, hey, Lamar Hunt died, and then uh, Clark Hunt took over and everything was awesome. There was a little bit of jockeying and readjusting, and they had to figure some things out. And I think, hopefully, in the story of the Houston Texans, this last couple years will have been that moment for the Texans, where, where Mr. McNair passed away, and then as Cal's taking over, there were some missteps, there was dysfunction but that ultimately things settled down. And and I could see this being that year that things have settled down and get moving forward on the right track. Let's not – because I get so tiresome when people talk about – I mean, it was four or five years ago people were talking about how the Bills owner was clueless and idiotic and he had to sell because he didn't know how to hire the right people. We, we see this all the time. Now all of a sudden the Bills are the bell of the ball. And, uh, and the Chiefs were the same way back in 2008, 2009. Yeah, I, I, it, it's so much of it is just chicken and egg. When you start winning, all of a sudden you're a good owner. And that's why I heard the, the entirety of the cut that Cowherd had that outside of the Kansas City piece. You mentioned it. He, when he was doing the good and the bad, he's you know mentioning a couple good owners and a bad owner, a couple good owners and a bad owner. And he mentions Daniel Snyder. And I go, man, I just hate, I hate to see the McNairs get lumped in with someone like Daniel Snyder's like a legitimately deplorable human being. Like that's a bad owner because he's a bad person. Like he's not a good guy. There's categories of bad owners. I think, you know, I think, I think Cal's made some decisions he'd like to have back. You know, we had him in studio last week and he talked about the willingness to spend. And I asked him, is that the main function that you feel like as an owner? Like that's the biggest thing is the willingness to invest resources and he said, yeah, but before that, you know, he said, yeah, but also get good people and let them go use those resources to do it. I'm paraphrasing, but I, that's how I feel. I've said all along, man, there's two things I want my owner to do. Hire good people and give them as many resources as they need to go win a championship. And yeah. I think the resource thing is not an issue, but they know this. They've got to hire better people. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going through their third coaching coaching search in three years. So I, I think, yeah, like if I'm Peyton, there's part of me and I, look, I wasn't on the zoom call, so I don't know exactly if he saw something on the zoom call with the Texans. I don't know what that is, but I do know this, that if I'm Peyton, I know that Cal is not a meddlesome owner for one thing. He ain't Ursay, right? Um, and he's going to spend money and maybe you look at it as an opportunity. Like, okay, if he's just going to hire me, I'm going to be the difference in all this, right? The, the, yeah. the ego involved says, I'm going to be the one that gets this franchise back to where it needs to be. If he hires me, I have a good GM that I like, and he said good things about Casario, Peyton has, and he gets the hell out of the way, the owner, then we can go do some things. Draft a quarterback and let's go do some things. I'm uh, looking at an article here from 2011 talking about the uh, the dysfunctional situation with the Chiefs uh, at the point when Romeo Cornell took over from Todd Haley. So it was uh, it was uh, it was a it was a fun and raucous several years. <laughs> See, it's uh, the same that... thing. We even had a Romeo Cornell interim phase, just like we the did. Chiefs yeah, did. Yeah, we, we... 
We have everybody's got a Romeo Cornell interim phase, Sean, in their <laughs> life. So it's, uh, you know, a man is like, like deodorant to me. Yeah, that's right. uh, you don't count it in your total number of, uh, you know, just like you don't, just like a woman might not in reporting her numbers, she might not count that, you know, her whole entire freshman year of college. That's right. That's uh, right. Likewise, we don't count Romeo Cornell as one of our actual head coaches. He was just a phase we were going. It's through. Not a relationship. It was yeah. just right. It was a. It was a twelve game stand. Is what that I'm was. inclined to agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> right. uh, Payne and, Payne and I what Romeo's up to. Uh, is he still, uh, he might still be in the organization. No, I, I thought know. he retired this offseason. I think he's, he officially retired. I think he officially retired. I'll go check that during the break. How these guys pop up is they still consult. They go in and they're like, uh, you know, yeah. they, they give him an office and they watch some film. They right. try to poke holes in game plans, stuff like that. I think he was in an episode of Law and Order. No, <laughs> <laughs> He'd be good. He'd be awesome. He could be typecast in a good way. Totally. You know, just like a a reassuring grandfatherly type. Yeah. Give you some some good good wisdom or something, some advice on how to handle your... Your girlfriend, and, yes. uh, and then he'd be off. Yep. Some the deluxe nuts laid out on the table. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Uh, text message, trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. 9045. 20 to 25 million a year, and some say two first round picks for Peyton. Peyton can bleep right off. <laughs> Except he doesn't bleep it on the text yeah. page. People don't. There are a lot of people that were peeved that the Texans might even have to give up the number 12 overall. I would have been okay with that because I feel like he he minimizes some of your downside risk. And if you're paying for that, I'm okay with that. Um, more than that, plus this $25 million reportedly that he wants per year. <laughs> when I can get... I can get presumably a D'Amico Ryans for four million a year or so. It's like, like the going rate for first-time head coaches is is much more achievable. And this doesn't this doesn't affect anybody except the McNairs. But I do feel like it, somehow it all works out. It crossed, a, it, dude, it, it, it it comes out somewhere. The twenty-five yeah. million crossed the threshold for me because I. I I was the one earlier in the week saying, asking you why you're concerned about a 10 year deal. It's not your money. Yeah. And, and, and now he's, I'm, I'm hearing 25 million a year. And I'm like, screw you, dude. There is, well, there is that part too where, okay, uh, what are his motivations in coaching? Is he still driven to greatness or is he realized that there's a hundred million dollars sitting on the table out mm-hmm. there? There for the taking. Yep. And I don't, I don't want that guy. I don't want the guy that just realized that there's a, a cash grab that to be had. All right. Will the Cowboys be done in by a decision that they've made this week? And also, ideas to revamp and refresh the Manning cast for year three. We've got that for you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 